You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. In today's episode, I want to bring up one of the other very common questions that I get asked a lot, and that is, how painful is a total knee replacement? That's a very good and reasonable question that a lot of people have concerns about. There's a lot of fear of pain, and there's a lot of fear of surgery. Um, So for starters, I don't sugarcoat it with any of my patients. And I explained to them that probably it's one of the most painful operations that we do in orthopedics. If somebody has had a hip replacement, I can always explain to them it is usually a harder, more painful, and tougher surgery than what they remember going through with their with their hip replacement. We're not exactly sure why exactly you know hip are not as painful, um, and why knees are more painful. But that is the truth, is that a knee replacement definitely is tough and it's definitely difficult. You know, that being said, a lot of things have changed. So, you know, I remember back 20 years ago, you know, it was very common for patients to come in and they would be put to sleep with no preoperative medications or cocktail, no blocks, and they would wake up and we would basically pump them full of morphine and everybody was nauseous and People didn't get out of bed very quickly and frequently. They were in the hospital for extended periods of time. And all of those things in combination led to increased pain. You know, we now know that there are a lot of different things or modalities that we can do that help decrease pain. So it's typical after knee replacement surgery for people to have pain for four, six, eight weeks um, that can be significant. You know, the first couple days and the first week or so are always the worst. And every day and every week, overall, the pain is getting better. There are some patients and some individuals that are going to have pretty significant pain for up to three or four months. And there's a few outliers that will have pain that sometimes will go on for a year or two. Um, there's a lot of factors involved there, and we'll talk about some of them. But there are some people that with all other parameters being normal, you know, you wait and watch and they just slowly, slowly improve. And at a year or two, they're better and happy and improved. But for some reason, they took a very, very long time to recover. That is not the norm. The other extreme of that patient is the one that sort of wakes up from surgery and surprises everybody, the doctors, the nursing staff, the therapists, because they just get up and go. I mean, this is the greatest scenario. I wish I could bottle this and give it to all my patients. You know, we either believe these people have extremely high pain thresholds or sometimes these are the people whose arthritis was so bad and their daily activity was impeded by so much pain that they were living with that the pain of the operation is actually already better than what they were living with on a daily basis. Not to say that that person's pain is gone. It's just Before surgery, their pain was that much worse. So to them, the perception already is that it is improved. You know, so one of the things that I sort of explain to people is that, you know, your perception 
or ability to, to tolerate pain is totally different from the next person. And that's what I can't predict. I know that there's a lot of things that we do to help lessen pain, and there's a lot of things that we utilize. And those things are sort of the middle of the road, essentially, in the sense of the severest and the best, um, because if somebody has very little pain and we start with this middle of the road kind of algorithm, we don't want to increase the risk of side effects. So if they're doing fine, we wean them off of the medicine early. But at the same time, we don't want to give everybody the lowest amount and raise up the amount of medicine that we're giving them because that would put a lot of people in a lot of pain early on. But for certain people, we may need to increase or add certain things. Now, there's a few little asterisks when we look at our data in medicine about who may actually have more difficulty with pain after knee replacement. And it's important as part of the informed consent process that patients are aware that if they fall into one or more of these categories, that their pain may be more significant than someone else that they knew that went through the same operation. And we still have to combat that pain and find ways to treat it, but they may experience it so they're not caught off guard when those symptoms occur. Um, so for starters, there are some people that just have low pain tolerance. You know, these are people that minor ankle sprains, minor fractures, minor surgery, you know, bumps and bruises, and the pain is extremely out of proportion to the injury. You know, so if you have an experience of that in your life, just understand that for a knee replacement, this is going to be more painful to you than to somebody else. Um, we also know that people that use chronic narcotics for whatever reason, you know, maybe chronic neck pain, chronic back pain, um, what have you, is that for some reason, people that have chronic pain and utilize narcotics on a chronic basis, things like oxycodone, which is Percocet, or hydrocodone, which is Vicodin or Norco, those people all have a tendency to have more pain after knee replacement surgery. So we do our best to try to wean those narcotics off prior to surgery in the hopes that they may have better control of their pain after surgery. We also know that if people on x-ray have more than a few millimeters of joint space remaining, so not the typical, you know, what people call bone-on-bone -bone arthritis, that they may have more pain. And it's not to say that they don't have pain and they don't have severe arthritis. It's just that if somebody's x-rays aren't as bad as the next person's, even though they're hurting and they failed the conservative care treatments and they have a knee replacement, they may experience more pain early on than the person whose arthritis was more advanced or more severe. And the two other categories where we see where people have more pain when compared to others is younger patients. So the younger patients undergoing knee replacement, these are typically the patients in their 50s, experience more pain than patients, say, in their 70s or 80s. Um, and females, when compared to males, for some reason, in large cohorts and groups, we see that there are more women that experience these more than the average amount of pain after knee replacement surgery. So you just want to be aware of those things going in. So if you're a woman who's young on chronic narcotics, um, you may have a greater risk of having pain after surgery. Uh, the other caveat, which can play a role, and some studies have shown um, that it may increase the chance of increased pain after surgery, are other psychological diagnoses such as depression and anxiety. So people that have those clinical diseases, uh, whether or not they're under therapy for treatment or under medication for treatment, 
they also may experience increased pain after surgery. So I personally try to make it a habit of if we're getting medical clearance, say, from their medical doctors, but they also have, say, clinical depression and they're seeing a therapist, I also want that therapist to be aware and involved of that the person is undergoing surgery because the symptoms may get worse um, from their depression or if they have an anxiety disorder prior to surgery, but also that their therapist is aware of the surgical date. So if they have issues after surgery, that they're available and aware to help that one component of the person's post-operative recovery. So what do we do? So this is painful and what can we do to lessen people's pain? So Nowadays, um, what we do for starters is education. Um, We know that prior to surgery, the more education people have about what they're getting themselves into, what the surgery is going to be, what the rehab is going to be like, and how to prepare for it physically, mentally, what prescriptions to get, how to schedule, how to set up their home, the less pain those people have after surgery. The other important things that we do nowadays is what we call preemptive analgesia. So this is blocking pain and nerves before the actual operation, so before the surgical insult occurs, which is by using either regional blocks where we put numbing agents in the leg we're operating on or a spinal where you block from the waist down, because if you can lessen the pain that people feel prior to that pain occurring, The pain never gets as bad as it could afterwards. So that's one of the first things that we do. The other thing, which is very common now, is what's called a preoperative cocktail. So to combat pain, we start by giving people medicine. And one of the most common kind of combinations of cocktails in most places is acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, some type of an anti-inflammatory. In some instances, people have used certain nerve pills and occasionally a low dose and preferably a long acting, so like a sustained release narcotic, because we know you're going to need a portion of each of those medicines because they all work on different pain fibers and different receptors. And in total, all of those medicines together work better than anyone alone, even if you increase the amounts, because as you increase the amounts of one drug, you increase the potential risks and side effects of that drug. Whereas if you use lower amounts of medicine, They all work on different receptors. It gives you better, complete pain control. But we want to start these prior to surgery. And I even have some of my patients start these medicines 48 hours ahead of time because it reaches what we call a steady state better around the time of surgery. So we can maximize these medicines, especially the non-narcotics, prior to surgery, along with the blocks, along with the education so that at the time of surgery, we hopefully have controlled as much of the pain receptors as possible so they have less of an insult at the time of surgery. Okay, so now we do the surgery and patients are off to recovery. So what do we do after surgery to control pain? Because again, it is painful. So again, the idea of scheduled non-narcotic medication. So for most people, they'll use a scheduled dosing of acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, They'll also use a scheduled dosing of some type of an anti-inflammatory. In certain instances, they may use a scheduled dose of a nerve pill. And then after all of those pills, if the pain is still severe and uncontrollable, we'll add in a low-dose, short-acting narcotic. Because narcotics tend to have a lot of complications and lots of side effects, constipation, itching, rashes, hallucinations, dizziness, increased risks of falls, increased risks of addiction. Now, if you do have to use narcotics, we want to preferably use them for no longer than 72 hours. 
but definitely no longer than two weeks. You know, for a major surgery, we want to lessen the amount of narcotics. Now, you may still be using things like acetaminophen and anti-inflammatories for longer than that. They're typically used for three to four weeks, sometimes longer, but the risks of those medications are a lot less, and those medicines will be decreasing in the total amount per day, so what we call weaning. But you should be off the narcotics, hopefully, in the first few days. Now, in addition to the medications, because people are always interested in pain medicine, just understand that all of those things are pain medicine. There's just one of those medicines, which is the narcotic or opioid medication. Um, But after all of those medications, we have other things, lots of ice. Ice is very helpful. Whether or not it's an ice machine or just a simple ice pack, um, ice can help decrease pain, decrease inflammation, decrease swelling. Also compression. When things swell, they hurt. So if we can control compression with knee sleeves or ace wraps or compression socks or compression stockings, that can decrease pain. And if you are prone to swelling, elevation at periods throughout the day helps decrease the swelling, which decreases the pain. And physical therapy, both with a therapist and on your own, but range of motion. That just like an arthritic knee, if you don't bend it after surgery, it is stiff and it is stiff and painful. So by using your knee and bending it and straightening it and doing your physical therapy, that will decrease your pain. Just like any arthritic patient will tell you that, you know, first thing in the morning, their knee is stiff, but once they get up and get moving, the pain actually gets less. It's the same thing after knee replacement surgery, and it's an important thing. So I stress this again, moving your knee will decrease pain. Why? Because if you hurt, there are a subset of people that feel that it hurts so bad they don't want to move or bend it or do therapy because they don't want to make the pain worse. What you have to understand is those individuals typically are going to have pain get worse and the stiffness become permanent, which means that the pain becomes permanent. So understand again, therapy and range of motion are important to decrease pain now and to prevent permanent stiffness and pain forever. So range of motion is key. Now, after all of those things, early physical therapy, meaning typically the day of surgery, and in some instances, we start therapy prior to surgery, but therapy, ice, compression, elevation, medications, that will do it for most people, but it may still hurt. And if there's an anxiety component or difficulty sleeping, Um, It is really important to have other coping mechanisms or coping skills. You know, some people term them as mindfulness. You have some people that are very um, classic meditators. Sometimes simple just breathing techniques, stress-relieving balls, music. Um, There are lots of different other modalities that we can use that help basically our brain and the neurotransmitters in our body And there's a whole field evolving around this idea of biofeedback and controlling some of these symptoms that we can get under control when they get out of control. So if you can have just some deep breathing exercises throughout the day and find other ways to lower sort of the release of some of these enzymes and the emotional components that come with pain, which is normal, um, you may actually feel less pain and be able to control it. The important takeaway after all of those things, again, the question is how painful is a total knee replacement? And the answer is painful. It's very painful. One of the most painful operations that we do in orthopedics. But there are a lot of things that we do to control pain. Um, The pre-op blocks, the pre-op meds, the early physical therapy, the scheduled medications, the compression, the icing, the elevation, you have ideas of mindfulness and breathing. But just understand that the idea of pain control 
is to make your pain manageable. So if somebody's expectation is that they're going to have surgery and they're going to be given enough medications to make their pain level zero, you are never going to be happy in the short term because it is near impossible to make the pain go away completely. We talk about making the pain manageable. So if you can talk and walk and eat and sleep and do your physical therapy and your knee is sore, then your pain is controlled. It is being managed. But if your pain level is low and you're expecting it to go away completely and not feel anything, that's just an unreasonable expectation in the post-operative period. And those people sometimes are very difficult to get under control because their goals of control and the team's goals of control may be different. So making sure that you understand what you're getting yourself into, what's going to be required of you, because at the end of the day, if you have pain and you don't do the therapy because it hurts, understand that you're at risk of permanent stiffness for the rest of your life, that we want to use all of these modalities to make your pain manageable so that you can do physical therapy and get through this recovery phase to get back the quality of life that you were missing due to your knee arthritis. So I really hope that that answers a lot of the questions that a lot of people have when they're contemplating whether or not they want to go through a knee replacement. And this hopefully summarizes what some of the treatment modalities may be offered or available to you in a way to control, but not to completely eliminate the pain after surgery um, to allow you to get through the recovery and obtain a good outcome from your knee replacement. Thanks for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.